Jesse live from the ESPN 690 and a jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Very disappointed, I think, uh, being one and three at this point. And uh, yesterday when, you know, I was leaving Cincinnati, I was reflecting on that. And, uh, uh, and then, you know, it dawned on me that, you know, two years ago we, we, we were three and one at this point. And, um, you know, you put it in perspective, it's about life. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So we know what happened a couple of years ago. So three quarters of the season is still left to go. And. And, uh, you know, we have to find a way to win. That is Jags owner Shad Khan talking about the slow start for the Jaguars. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos here, Bill O'Brien fired. More on that in a moment. Yeah. But a quick thought just from a football perspective on Shad Khan. Is that a good way to think for him? I mean, three and one a couple years ago. I mean, it's a good way to spin it, I guess, in a sense of – the patience and I, I will say this we're going to talk about bill o'brien being fired mm-hmm. he has said on record before is doesn't really think there's a lot that gets done in terms of firing a guy in the middle of the season mm-hmm. uh that's what shot has said now he has ended he ended up firing obviously gus bradley with two games to go but right. i think he means in the middle of a season kind of like this early on so he, and he has shown so much patience yeah. at times with his his head coaches and GMs and too much loyalty in that sense uh, for a lot of fans. So, I mean, is that kind of the tact he has to take, though? He's like, hey, we were three and one one time and it ends up blowing up. We lost like nine in a row. One and three. Let's 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 see if we can get this thing on the rails a bit. I mean, listen, that's that's the optimist way to say it. You know, that's the maybe the, the, the owner's way to say it. But let's be honest right now. You're one and three against most essentially you're probably the easiest part of your schedule the entire NFL, right? I mean, you played the Dolphins and the Bengals. It's only going to get harder from here. You got teams like the Ravens. You got teams, um, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens with Houston now, but you still got the Colts again. You got the Titans again. Um, you got the Chargers. You got to travel over there. There's there's a lot of hard games on the schedule right now. So, to, in my opinion, it's hard to be a little optimistic when you went one and three against most essentially the easiest part of your schedule. We'll see. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit about Shad Khan and yeah. what he was talking about today, obviously with a lot of Jay stuff, but the breaking news right now, and it actually goes kind of hand-to-hand what we're talking about, and Shad Khan has been in this position before. Did he hang on to Gus Bradley too long? Ended up firing him, uh, ironically, after a Houston game uh, with two games to go in the regular season. Now he's very patient with Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, brings him back this year. People wonder what the situation will be in a couple of months and what their record is and if he'll hang on and if they're part of this build again or if they're going to reset things. Well, the Houston Texans have just decided it's over for Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, they fire Bill O'Brien after an 0-4 start. Didn't realize until you were showing me some J.J. Watt sound. They haven't forced a turnover this year. They just paid their quarterback $140 million. Let's be honest, even Deshaun Watson has not played great football yeah. since he got paid. Uh, but they have not played great. The whole mismanagement of the roster and Bill O'Brien is, is has to be a factor here because he tried to play smartest guy in the room to a degree. Well, I mean, how if you're uh, Bob McNair is the owner of the Houston Texans, how if you're Bob McNair do you not say would you not watch DeAndre Hopkins every week? And and now you must say to yourself, DeAndre Hopkins, we just let go. Mm-hmm. We just w- let him walk for hardly anything in return, quite frankly, if you talk about skill for that position and that guy, maybe the best receiver in the game. Yeah. And now four weeks later, you're firing 
your your head coach. So you lost them both. Yeah. It's it's a lot like what happened in Jacksonville. When I put you put it in perspective, it's like well, people left. So uh, again, supposedly they left, or they got mad because of Tom Coughlin. Mm-hmm. Well, if you leave, and so Jalen Ramsey traded away. Uh, Jan wants out. These guys want to go because of Coughlin. Well, then you fired Coughlin. Yeah. So now you have nobody. Like, why did this happen? <laughs> right. Well, That's my point. It's like, well, wait. Just in the Hopkins and O'Brien situation here, maybe four months apart. It's like you lost on both ends of that. Listen, congratulations on, on calling this bet. By the way, you called that the O'Brien will be fired. So go ahead and collect your, your slip. Congratulations, right, yeah. Brent. I, I'm, listen, I don't win a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I did predict Big that the, I thought they would tank, go in the tank, not yeah. tank on purpose, but go in the tank. Yep. And I didn't think Bill O'Brien would make it through the year. I'm a little surprised that he only made it four weeks. Big dub, Brent. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations with that. Listen, Bill O'Brien, I mean, it was obviously on the hot seat from last season, right? You go to Kansas City, you're up by, what are they, up 21? Or uh, 24 nothing. 24 nothing, yeah. And then they lose that game, obviously, in, in, in a disgusting fashion. Off-season strikes. You trade away possibly the best wide receiver in the game for David Johnson, a second-round pick. But now here's the thing about that, right? So Bill O'Brien, the head coach, and the GM, right? So, I mean, all the roster moves were coming from him. I get it. You played a murderer's row those first four games. Well, first three games, let's call it. You know, you guys played play the Chiefs, they played the Ravens, and the Steelers. Well, say what you want about the Ravens, they're still a tough team to compete with, right? So then the Vikings this past, you know, Sunday, it is what it is there. But overall, it's four pretty competitive games, to say the a least. A lot of teams would be one and three at best exactly. off, that, exactly. off that slate. And here's the thing about it, right? The owner, uh, Bob McNair, yeah. you, yep, Big McNair goes, Listen, you traded away probably the best wide receiver in the game for what? Like, obviously, there's some kind of plan around this. So if I'm the owner, I'm like, all right, well, let's see what this plan is. Like, I I, I want to see this finished product in O'Brien's mind because we just gave away Hopkins. What, what are we going to Like, what's the plan here? O'Brien didn't even really get a chance to showcase the plan. The owner's like, no, we're 0-4 right now. Yeah, I don't care who we played. We're 0-4. I had high expectations. We're 0-4. We'll see you later. Get to stepping. Simple as that. We we didn't even see the Bill O'Brien experiment play through wholeheartedly because the owner wasn't having it. And you know what? Probably rightfully so. I think this is, um, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien was pretty good for them. I mean, if you look at how many times they got him in the playoffs, but it certainly seemed like Bill O'Brien was never going to get over the top with them. Mm. Had a lot of talent. And the reason why I thought that they would not do great this year was not because of Deshaun Watson or anything. I actually thought their offense, they have some players. Heck, you know, they, Will Fuller almost made a tremendous catch in that game, and they might have had a two-point conversion to tie it up yeah. yesterday. Yeah, he's still uh, so They're playing he's hard, a, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. I think their defense has gotten older. I think the, the combination of the way they built this thing yeah, is not good in Houston. Like It didn't look like they were building it to take a next level. Yeah. They were kind of building it to be 9-7. and seven. Like They weren't going to go to 13-3 and three the way they constructed this thing, especially when you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I just I, I just asked the question, do you think he got fired, though, because of all the roster-built stuff and, and it went wrong and some of it not? Not all wrong, because there would be Tunsil, who's a good player. Yeah. But still, they might have given up too much for that. Um, or do you think he got fired because he was a head coach that wasn't going to take you to the top? Because you could easily, if you're Bob McNair, say, hey, get the GM back in here or bring somebody else in here. Uh, because McNair made a mistake. You don't give the coach the GM responsibilities to. That's, no, a, that, that's an old school thing yeah. that we've seen hasn't worked, and it doesn't work. And, and that was a silly move by the owner to do anyway. No, that was a tactical error to say the least. But with Bob McNair's defense, though, listen, 
I mean, Bill O'Brien didn't trade away Hopkins to tank for the season. They didn't trade away the best wide receiver possibly in the game to tank for Trevor Lawrence. There was a plan in place. Now, whether that plan was David Johnson, whether that plan was a new offense, a new look, whatever that plan was, Bill O'Brien had that in the back of his mind. And once again, Bob McNair goes, I don't even want to see your plan anymore because we're 0-4. So I think it's a combination of both. It's a combination of seeing, well, listen, if they had Hopkins right now, they'd probably be sitting a little better, number one. And number two, well, we don't have Hopkins. I let you do things your way. You had a plan. We're 0-4. I don't care who we played. Hit the road. And it's simple as that. So um, I think to answer your question, it's a combination of them both. If you're Bob McNair, you let O'Brien do his thing. You let him trade away who he traded away. And you said, all right. I wouldn't do it probably, but let's sit back and see where this goes. You went to 0-4, and now I, can't, I have to let you go. Have a good one. And and by the way, they have pushed a lot of picks away. Like the Miami Dolphins right now are sitting on this jackpot of picks because Houston stinks. Mm-hmm. Like Houston right now is a obviously are a top, depending on how the tiebreaker shakes out, mm-hmm. but they're in the mix for the number one pick, and that goes to the Miami Dolphins. And that's not the only pick that goes away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I can almost not even have a serious conversation with you about the Houston Texans because you are so caught up in the mentions. I love it. You are like giddy about the mentions of the Houston Texans. And I appreciate that about you. It's almost like like your love affair with, with their their demise yeah, no, is it's, like me if the Yankees were to just get swept in the next week. Dude, it's contagious. And keep in mind, when I, back when I played Houston, they always had a number. And Houston was a, a fantastic team. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm probably a little more bummed out right now about Bill O'Brien being let go than about the Jaguars game yesterday. Because now it's an end of an era. Now Houston <laughs> Texans fans are celebrating on Twitter. I just went to their mentions. Everyone's happy. Smiley face emojis for everybody right now. It's like Oprah Winfrey. Houston Texans are going, you get an emoji. You get a smiley face emoji. You get, no, I, I want despair. I want suffering because you know why? I'm sitting here with a one and three team right now who just got beat by the Bengals. The only thing that I had going for me was the fact that, well, we're not as bad as Houston Texans are. We didn't trade away DeAndre Hopkins like they did. We're okay. And now they fired the piece that was responsible for it. And now they're all happy about it. And I'm sitting here in the doldrums, miserable, wanting somebody else to laugh at and cry over. I can't do it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This is why I asked Major you. Jets. <laughs> This is why I asked you, uh, but I want everybody to know, by the way, Austin is just giddy over the mentions. He, he oh, looks at it. the Schefter tweet, and he's now it. looking at the mentions. I love it. And, uh, it's, they're, they're in a bad spot. Yeah. They have a quarterback. Yeah. But they're they're going to watch a lot of it. They have to rebuild that thing in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, they might have a left tackle, too. Mm-hmm. They've got some pieces. It's not awful, awful, but they've got some re- reworking to do whoever jumps in there. And by the way, I'll tell you this. And I think Tony Polster just said, like, it'll be hard for them to get a coach. And I agree with him. I, I don't think that job's very attractive, even with Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Like, I, I don't – I would say the Jags' job, with all that's at their disposal with draft picks and cap space and everything else, could be a more attractive job than Houston. Yeah. I mean, is Deshaun Watson that much of a reason well, to go get that job with all everything else that surrounds he, that program right now? He's the fixture there, though, right? Like, there's a reason why. At least the, you have that. Yeah, right? like, there's a reason why McCarthy, I think, went to Dallas, right? Because he saw Dak Prescott. Now, obviously, they're struggling. But, like, I think Watson is the, he's the X factor. I think with a lot of these, you know, rebuilding, um, you know, teams, things like that, it's always about the quarterback. I mean, you have pressure. Well, who do we draft? Um, how do we evaluate our talent? What kind of quarterback are we looking for? I think with Deshaun Watson, I think that he's so, um, 
you know, he's he, he can do a lot of different things, right? He's kind of a Swiss Army knife in terms of being able to run with the football, obviously extending the drives, extending the plays, things like that, where he can fit into a lot of schemes. So I think from that standpoint, that perspective, any head coach that comes in is going to be wanting to go to work with Deshaun Watson because he is kind of that dynamic quarterback. Yeah, I this will be fascinating to me to watch. I think the Jags have set themselves up to be in a very, a very tr- attractive job in 2021, mm. especially compared to 2020. Mm. I think, you know me, that's yeah. a big thought I have about this whole thing. I think that's why, in some respects, Caldwell and Marone are still here. Uh, the, the look of this thing wasn't good. I don't think you would have attracted a great hire, um, or at least not a top hire. I think you have a better chance of that in 2021. Well, now Houston will have a heck of a head start on all of that, uh, if that's the case. And we'll get way ahead of ourselves, right? Yeah. But if it is the case, but it could be a reality. I mean, let's just be honest. They're one in three. Jags, you can't find many more wins. The Jags could be looking for a GM and a head coach just like Houston is in in December or January. And so it's an interesting look. Uh, Yeah, I like the fact they have Deshaun Watson already, but I also might like the fact that I get to pick my quarterback if I'm a GM, a head coach coming in, and I've got some of this young talent here, and I have cap space, and I have a ton of draft picks. It will be interesting to see, like, which job measures up to be better, and it will probably take some clearing out of that to see over the next couple of months and see exactly where everybody is. But the reason I I asked the GM versus the coach thing with Bill Mm O'Brien, because look at him as a coach. Jags fans, if you're being honest with yourself, you'd sign up for this. Nine and seven. Second in the AFC South. Nine and seven, first in the AFC South. Nine and seven, first in the AFC South. Had a miserable four and 12 year, the year the Jags yeah. uh, went to the AFC Championship game. 11 and five, first in the AFC South. 10 and six, first in the AFC South. Austin, this guy has won four AFC South championships in the last six years. Yeah. I mean, four in the last six years. Sure. Now, he only has two playoff wins. And he blew the big one, obviously, against Kansas City last year. But he's only got two playoff wins. That is not that bad of a resume, though, especially relative to a place like Jacksonville. But you you know what? And and this is what makes a winning organization. Some would call that fans, owner, maybe some players. We'll call it underachieving. Yeah. Obviously, we Jay Wars fans would celebrate, you know, winning divisions yeah. back to back. We would, we would be. Uh, can you imagine? I agree. Can you imagine the beach bars? Oh my gosh! Whew. Cool. Social distancing. My I'd butt. like to complain about this. That's what I'm saying. But there, it's underachieving. Simple well, as that. And by the way, he had few. A few years he had. J.J. Watt is the best player in the game on defense. Yeah. He's had one of the young, dynamic quarterbacks, yeah. which they brought in. I guess the, the reality of it to me is if you look at this resume, he didn't get fired because he's a bad coach. He got fired because he's awful at personnel, and he screwed this whole thing up. Sure. And, and whether – listen, when you're bad at something, when you're in a position of leadership, one of your jobs is to bring somebody else in that might be good at that. Mm-hmm. Not think you can do everything. Bill O'Brien, probably from an egotistical point of view, said, I can fix everything. And instead, he messed it all up and probably got himself fired, even though he's a halfway decent head coach. Yeah. I mean, his record says he's a pretty good head coach. I mean, he's 52 and 48, which if you're over 500 in the NFL, it doesn't put you in the Hall of Fame. But it doesn't mean you're a bad coach. A lot of people would sign up for over 500 records in the NFL. Listen, can we have some kind of like um, montage where it's, you know, that, that girl singing, I will remember you. Can we just do like a little highlight film of Bill O'Brien? Because I want to go back to the draft day, Brent, when he was chewing out the scouts or whatever. Remember when it was the draft and he's on his computer with his glasses trying to look and he slams the phone down. There's just there's there's, there's so many choice cuts. There's so many deep tracks. That was the layer cake of Bill O'Brien that I'm just I'm going to miss it, man. It's the end of an era. And Houston 
Thank you for the memories. You know, tough time, COVID-19, all that stuff. Um, you guys kept me going. You guys kept me laughing. It's the end of an era. I have to go to the Jets now. And hopefully, and who, who who's the GM of the Jets? Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Wait till the end of the year to fire Gase, please. All right? Because I'm not sure what you guys are bringing to the table for mentions and things like that on Twitter. I'm going to peep you guys out after the show. But I need a new team to make me feel better about my team. So, Jets, don't disappoint me. I just asked on social media kind of what we were just talking about. Who has a better-looking job in 2021, Jags or Texans? It's so funny. First response, Texans by a mile. Next response, Jags easy. (laughs) Yeah. You got to love it. Hey, listen, I didn't ask who you guys were voting for. (laughs) Uh, uh, let's see. I can't answer that question, Brent. I can't. I would be the first to congratulate the interim coach on his first NFL victory this Sunday. <laughs> By the way, that's Romeo Cornell. And thanks a lot, Bob McNair, for the for the new coach bump that the yeah. Jags are going to have oh, to deal yeah. with on Sunday. Inspired play now, Brent. Inspired play coming from the Houston Texans. Big Cat Country, which has renamed themselves Big Sad Country. The team that has multiple <laughs> picks in the first round or the second round. I'm going to go with the team that will likely be picking five times before the other one picks once. And that's it's interesting. Yeah. But then somebody else will throw back at you. Well, they've got Deshaun Watson. But I agree. I, I think the Jags job is more attractive for somebody who wants to be an architect and build something. You know, And that's what these guys really want to do. The GM and the coach they want their own people now a lot of people would take deshaun watson i mean in a heartbeat i get it they're not going to dismiss that but if you take deshaun watson and then you say yeah but you don't have a couple of picks until 2022 and you've got an aging jj watt and you've got this on offense and you got this and you're stuck with all this stuff you come to jacksville you're not stuck with anything Mm -hmm. you're really not that's Mm -hmm. the thing in 2021 a new hire in gm if it happens if it needs to happen and a new coach they are not stuck with anything At all. They've got cap space. They've got flexibility. They've got draft picks. And they really don't even have big contracts on their hands. they got Miles Jack and Joe Schobert. That's it. Yeah, I think Houston on the the opposite of that spectrum where they have a lot of money tied up with a lot of places. So that's a good point. Keaton's on the line, jumps in the conversation. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? Hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, call in to talk about some some college football to take my mind off of uh, what happened on Sunday. But... Boy, I got to talk about my Crimson Tide, man. Alabama's looking strong again. Mac Jones slinging the ball 20, uh, 20 for 27, 435, and four TDs. And uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, I mean, that kid just has the ability to take over a game, uh, any game he's in, really. He's such a such a dangerous threat. But uh, really, I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on the college football season so far. It's been wild. I mean, uh You've seen some disappointments like Oklahoma is 0-2 for the season right now. Um, you've got the Florida Gators looking really strong as well. But uh, I wanted to get your thoughts. Hey, what's your biggest uh, overachiever as far as a team so far this season? And what's your biggest disappointment? And maybe uh, do you have a sneaky team that might uh, go into the playoffs this year? Love to hear what you guys think. All right, Pete, I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, We'll jump on the college. I do want to get to college football a little bit. We got the breaking news on Bill O'Brien. It's led us down this road. So uh, we'll jump into the college scene. Florida Gators had a big week. Uh, Florida State finally got a win. It might be their only one for a while. And uh, of course, Georgia Bulldogs looked awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought so. It it changed the dynamic of how you look at that game coming up in Jacksonville in about a month. So we'll we'll get on that. Uh, We're gonna take a break here in a few minutes anyway. But I want to finish up on on the Bill O'Brien stuff and, and Houston stuff. Uh, because do you now uh, – Tony, by the way, brought up another good point, and, and I had said this to you in the break. $255 million, I think, it's like the biggest payroll in, in the NFL this year is what they're spending, okay. and they're getting 0-4 yeah. right now for the Houston Texans. Are are they just bad? Like are they going to be 2-14? 
They'll get the Romeo Cornell bump. Yeah. I mean, what's the ceiling for them? Uh, I mean, looking at their schedule right now, I mean, it obviously gets a lot easier. How could it not get easier? I think we're talking about, listen, I think the Texans can make a run. I, I think you're talking maybe seven wins. Honestly, realistically, seven. Yeah, you maybe. don't mean a run for the playoffs or no, for the A's. No, no, I'm just saying a run a couple, of wins. A run yeah, of yeah, wins, yeah, like yeah, two yeah. or three put together, yeah. I can see six or seven wins for this team. Yeah, they got through the – again, I think a lot of teams could have been one and three. You know, Dallas is one and three too, but they've played some pretty good teams. But the bottom line is in this league, there are decent teams, and you better beat sure. the decent well, teams Houston, they if still, you're any good. Check this out. Houston, they still have the, they have the Packers. They have the Browns, uh, Patriots. Lions, eh, what about that? Uh, and the Bears. Are the are the Houston Texans six and a half points better than the Jags? How how, how are the Jaguars going to stop that Houston Texans offense? With what I've seen so far, like I think eventually JJ Watt gets home. Like I, I like here's here's where my mind goes to with that question. I don't know how you're going to stop Deshaun Watson and that offense. I don't know how you're going to handle Will Fuller. I don't know Brandon Cooks. I'm not sure Brandon Cooks is still playing or not. If he's playing, I don't know how you're going to stop him as well. I don't know how you're going to stop the receiving threat of one David Johnson. I, I don't I don't know, Brent. All right? And especially if you can't get home against Joe Burrow, well, then what is Deshaun Watson going to do? And by the way, if you do get home one time, what's Deshaun Watson going to do if you don't have gap integrity? What's Deshaun Watson going to do if you don't stay in your lanes? I don't know, take off for 20, 30 a pop? So, yeah, I think the Texans right now, from what I've seen from both teams, they can score at will. And the Jaguars can maybe do the same thing for a while, but I think eventually that Texans defensive line, their linebackers, they find a way to make a play. Like, I get the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I just don't know if he's playing well. Like, I get he scares you, and I get all that stuff. Like, Joe Burrow might have been playing better than Deshaun Watson, quite I don't frankly. Know. Was you know? Ryan Fitzpatrick playing no, well? I mean, I, I, I understand. Know, That's the, I think anybody's going to throw for 300 against the Jags. Yeah. I really do. But are they going to run the ball at all? I mean, they'll be pretty one-dimensional. Sure. No, no, I'm sure Dave, this, this would be the, the David Johnson game. The, it's it's going to be shades of two or three years ago in Arizona when he was like the fantasy football leader in rushing yards. Get ready for your David Johnson game, possibly. You know, like, until I see something different, Brent, until I have a reason not to think that the, the Jaguars are who they are, who they think uh, they are, who I think they are, um, I think David Johnson has a big game. How, how, how could I not think that? Well, because three out of four games, guys didn't have big games. What do you mean? Well, you're talking about David Johnson? Hasn't I'm had a big talking game about yet. running backs. I mean, Derrick oh. Henry, you would say the same. Derrick Henry had 84 yards. Sure. It wasn't a big game. Sure. I mean, so but then Ryan Tannehill also had a big like, – see, to me, it's like, well, I think the focus should be on stopping Deshaun Watson more than David Johnson. So if that's the focus, well, then David Johnson's going to get some run. Yeah. I mean, let me ask this question. Who would you rather stop right now, Deshaun Watson or David Johnson? It, like, If you're a defensive coordinator and you're game planning, and I get it, stop the run should be essential. But let's be honest here. If you put the game records on the board right now, you say, we got to shut these guys down. We have to make sure this guy doesn't have a great game. Are you saying David Johnson? Are you saying Deshaun Watson? I'm saying Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But I say that with a little bit of a catch because I Come feel on, like man. I'm going to sign up for any quarterback to give 300 yards. I just can't have the running back running for a buck 50. I guess. I mean, it's the way they're built. No, sure. Like but you said, right? the, you can't be the identity. You can't say, I want to stop the run and then give up 150 no, yards. absolutely. But at the same time, give up 300 yards passing, but don't give up 40 yards passing, I guess, then. I don't know what to tell you. The, uh, well, I can't, my gosh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done is find what, how many points the uh, Texans have given up. Well, that's because Bill O'Brien's shutting down Twitter right now, man. The internet's afoot here.
I can't even still find it. What are you trying to find? NFL.com. Sometimes your website hey, is well, terrible. What are you trying to find? I got you. What are you trying to find right now? I want to know how much, like, can the, can the Jags outscore them? Their defense is whatever. Oh, you want to say, like, where, where they rank in the NFL, the Texans' well, defense? Well, yeah, they gave up 31 to Minnesota, who couldn't get a touchdown, like, okay. a couple, like, for the first three weeks. You know, Cousins couldn't complete a pass, it felt like, for the first three weeks. I got you. So, in terms of team defense, you want to go points per game? Yeah, just points per game. What are they giving up? All right. Uh, ooh, we're going down to the bottom here, Brent. 31. <laughs> 31.5. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Oh, 31.5. Oh, J.J. Watt, how did that happen to you, man? J.J., what's going on in Houston? Yeah, played Kansas City, played Baltimore, right? 31.5. Uh, when we break oh. down this game, it'll be interesting when we break down this game. Yeah. I know Deshaun Watson's going to win the day, but after that, I wonder who else wins the day, uh, roster to roster. That's what I'm going to wonder. Brent, do, do, do we call it a J.J. Watt game? I'm just saying, man. Well, the guy's almost in tears in the press conferences. Like, you think Benjamin's going to bounce out of it and have a big day. I'm just saying, uh, do the Houston Texans really just flat out stink? That's what I'm really trying to find out. Or did they yeah. just get off to a slow start? It's a good call. You know, Bill O'Brien fired. It's the big story. Romeo Cornell will be the coach against the Jags on Sunday. We come back. We will talk a little bit of college football. Uh, thought or two maybe on the NBA. And we'll put a bow on a Monday here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Martin, no. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. You know, this is uh, part of our commitment to the city of Jacksonville, I think, to have a vital downtown. And, uh, you know, I said this uh, Eight years ago, plus when I was introduced as owner of the Jaguars, I was going to look for every way to, you know, make NFL football viable here. This is just one part of the strategy. That is Jags owner Shad Khan, and uh, Jags fans hate that word viable. <laughs> they wish you'd lose it from the uh, vocabulary. Yeah. They absolutely hate it if you if you hang around on Twitter. They've heard it a lot. Uh, and especially when it comes to London. And by the way, the London extension has, has ended, right? The London deal has basically ended. Now will they re-up and all those things? Now oh, so place, it didn't but, transfer over to next year. I mean, uh, no, It wasn't just a slide over. Huh. Uh, at least that's what Chad Khan indicated today. So okay. now. If they have Six con- games. <laughs> if, if they have construction going on, all this other stuff, do you, I think they're headed? Uh, yeah, but we've also heard a lot of places from a lot of folks in the London Experiment hasn't worked to the degree that people thought, like in terms of a franchise being there or anything like that. It's more this one-off kind of thing, yeah. where in the Jags case, it was going to be a two-off thing. I, I think we'll save the London conversation. I want to talk a little bit about Lot J in just a moment, but Keaton had called in about college football as sure. we're in the Bill O'Brien weeds and, and talking about that. Uh, quick thought or two on college football coming off the weekend. My, Florida or Georgia? Right oh, now, who's man. better? I mean, listen... The defensive person of me wants to say, well, Georgia. Like, I mean, they're pretty stout the, there, the, man. Their defense is absolutely loaded. Um, probably the best defense in all of college football right now, from what I've seen uh, watching, you know, games. But listen, does it matter? I'm, I'm not naive, man. All right, like, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Uh, I'm putting extra sugar in it just because it's all about offense this year. If we talk about offense right now, 
you're talking about the offensive juggernaut of Kyle Trask and the Florida Gators. Yeah. I it, It's interesting, right? Because their defense is not very good. No. Right now. I mean, right now. they got a long way to grow. Listen, we're about a month away from the clash in Jacksonville, which is really cool. It's a great collision. Mm-hmm. That was a big win for Georgia over Auburn uh, to get that. Now they've got some other hurdles, uh, but that game is going to mean something, it looks like, in Jacksonville, which is good. And by the way, the Gators have a bunch of hurdles coming up the next couple of weeks. So we are going to learn a lot these next couple of weeks. We got Georgia against Tennessee, Georgia against Alabama, Florida against Texas A&M on the road, Florida against LSU. And Georgia's got it more difficult, in my opinion, because LSU certainly isn't what they were. And Texas A&M, I still think, is just okay. Uh, You know, Jimbo's not doing, not taking them to great heights. Yeah. But it's still challenging the next couple of weeks. So. I tend to agree with you. The way the world is right now, I don't want the great defense. I want the offense that's going to score 50. Yeah. And there's no, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs were impressive the other night. That was a great bounce back performance. And it was really interesting if you take the, I love watching the the temperature because I'm not a fan of either, you know, or Florida State or any of them. But the passionate fan base, like, you know, Florida, what they're thinking. They're like, all right, yeah, we're still shaky on defense, but we just beat South Carolina. We're 2-0. and yeah. Georgia, they might lose tonight between the hedges. Yeah, we watch yeah. what happened to them against right. Arkansas. They might hey. lose. By the end of the day, we're going to be, it's, ah, Georgia, you stake it. Heck, Florida State was down 14. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, by like 8.30, it was like, no, don't worry about it. Big Wait a minute. Bo, never heard of them. Yeah, maybe we haven't. Maybe Welcome we, to the hedges. By the, by the end of it, it's kind of like Gator fans, maybe like, eh, maybe we haven't closed the gap with Georgia as much as we think Ooh. we have. Welcome to the Hudges. Exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, by the way, hey, Georgia fans, let's practice social distancing just, just a little. Just a teeny, <laughs> tiny bit. You guys are crowd surfing this in the Hedges. What, what, what do we, I mean, listen, I don't want to get political here, but, like, this is why we can't have nice things. There's supposed to be rules in place. You guys are kind of breaking them right now. So it's it's fascinating to watch that elevator of emotion, yeah. in, in especially when you don't really have a dog in the fight. That's sure. what I think is kind of fun. And so I think uh, no play on words here in terms of dog in the fight with the Georgia Bulldogs. But uh, it should be a, a lot of fun to watch these two teams in the East. And don't sleep on Tennessee. Keaton just asked us, who's your, like, overachieving team? A little bit of a surprise or maybe your overrated team. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma and Texas are the overrated teams, right? Without a doubt. Oklahoma's now 0-2. So Oklahoma is done. Oh, yeah. And, and Oklahoma, especially for me, just because, listen, I, I'm so desensitized to Oklahoma football, right? Like, we always expect the Heisman Trophy front runner in terms of the quarterback. They, they get a young kid by the name of Spencer Rattler, right? Spencer Rattler had all the accolades in high school. And I'll be honest, I've watched both Oklahoma games front to back. And when he came in, I'm like, all right, well, here we go. Another Baker Mayfield, if you will. Another Jalen Hurts. Needless to say, though. The kid's young, right? And then the kid struggled. Like, this isn't what we're accustomed to seeing from Oklahoma. Now, I, I get it. Lincoln Riley went ballistic for the first two games because some calls didn't go his way towards the end. At the end of the day, you should never be in those situations in the first place playing teams like Kansas State and Iowa State. So, yeah, Oklahoma is definitely a very, very underachieving team. All right. Well, over, uh, got a team that is um – or overrated, I yeah, should say. Yeah, a team that's under, maybe underrated and, yeah. and is overachieving right now and climbing the ranks. I think North Carolina – what Mac Brown said is very impressive. Yeah. He's got a good quarterback in Sam Howell. I still, I'm a little bit in wait and see mode on North Carolina, but the top ten in the country. It's awfully odd to look at the top ten and see North Carolina in the top ten, and we're not talking basketball. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. I also do think Tennessee. I wonder about Tennessee in Georgia this week. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's a see, fascinating look. Have they oh, has Jeremy Pruitt done that good of a job to be able to pull an upset? That's a big time rivalry game now, yes. and so. Uh, Tennessee is an interesting watch. Could they spoil the Florida and Georgia party in the SEC East? Brent, you're so innocent. 
you know, you're you're so innocent, and I don't want to see you get hurt, okay? And I'm afraid right now you're setting yourself up to get hurt because it's the same thing every single year for the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, they're the dark horse. They're the dark horse, dark horse, dark horse, dark horse. And every single year, a lot like Texas teams recently, they find a way to break your heart, all right? So I'm just saying, I mean, obviously we're going to tell this week against Georgia, but please, Brent, please don't get your heart broken again, man. Don't buy in the Tennessee hyper. I, just, come on. I'm just sucking up to A.B. Kelly on social media who just kills me all the time for protecting <laughs> or defending the Jags in his opinion. I got you. So. Fair enough. Well, listen, and my, there's a couple teams out there that are kind of um, surprises to me, and I get it. The season's still young, but I'm going Miami, man. I'm it's going to the Hurricanes because I watched game number one against the UAB Blazers. And I'll be honest with you, was not impressed with King, was not impressed with Miami. Yeah, they won 31-14, to 14, but it was a close game in the first half. I'm like, this is supposed to be the team that's going to give, you know, maybe uh, a Clemson maybe a little run for its money. I was like, absolutely not. Well, these past two games, Louisville and obviously Florida State, we know what happened there. Um I like what I'm seeing from the Hurricanes. I think right now I'm buying into Manny Diaz. I'm buying into in terms of the brand that he brings to that program. He's trying to bring the renaissance back a little bit, if you will, and I'm buying into it. So I like the Miami Hurricanes. I think what's interesting is Tennessee and Miami are in similar spots. It's sure. like, okay, you're looking like you're a little something, but yeah. are you really something? And, well, it's the same thing with right. Miami, too. It's like every single year, yeah, Miami's making the next step. They're making the next step, and they never really do. So, yeah, good good call, good comparison. All right, so that's a little call. Oh, actually, Keaton asked about Alabama. Listen. Mac Jones, tremendous performance. Return of the Mac. 35 yards. I like how Mac overcomes the, the bad plays. He did mm-hmm. it in, against Auburn last year. We threw a couple of those pick sixes, but he bounced back and delivered. Like, you could go in the tank quick. Mac Jones hasn't played a, a ton of football, you know, since playing at Bowles. Yeah. He did, had the pick six, and he bounces back, you know, and he delivers. They got a ton of weapons. It's odd to see Alabama look like Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they've scored points for a long time, but you're still so like enamored with uh, Saban and that hard hitting defense and that fundamental defense. And they're good on defense. But you even said to me in the break, it's like, listen, they have breakdowns on defense. Yep. There, it's not a, you're, you're, it's not like a far cry for them to give up big plays and touchdowns anymore. It used to be. Yeah. So we just still have to train ourselves to think they're an offensive juggernaut. Yeah. And that's what they are and it's led by Mac Jones. And also one more thing real quick. Shout out to Arkansas and here's why. I'm not sure if you remember this, Brent, but we, we have a bet on the line. It's like a, it's like a five-year bet. Who's going to have the better production? Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach? Mike Leach comes out week one, beats LSU. I'm like, well... Brent already won that bet in week one of a five-year bet, but all of a sudden, you know, don't count Lane Kiffin quite yet in the Ole Miss, you know, Rebels. Uh, they had a, a good win against Kentucky, and obviously Leach gets beat by the Razorbacks, so we're back on board. That now was a bet. disaster of a performance yeah. by Mississippi State, not Going, ringing the bell. I'm, I'm just going to knock it over. And R.I.P. So much so that the neighbors, they were out back. I knew they were. They might have even had food and drink. Okay. I was actually home, and I was thinking of coming over in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then I saw what was going on. I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. N- nothing good's going to come of it. No. Nothing good's going to come of it. I don't want I don't want to be a part of this. No. No. So I'll have to wait till next time. That was disappointing. Uh, how many games uh, was uh, Arkansas before they were like, the Play. last? Whew. That's and by the way, one. like it, Mississippi State played awful. Oh, yeah. Like awful. Oh, yeah. To even give them a chance to yeah. win the game. Yeah. You have to play bad yeah. to have a chance to win the game. That's how bad Arkansas is still not any good. No. Uh, but uh, that was pretty wild. All right. I want to get a thought or two in on a uh, lot, Jay. Yeah. What's your overall consensus on, on this whole project? We've seen renderings. People complain, yeah, but we haven't seen any shovels in the ground. You know, a little bit of this is politics. It's red tape. It's... Uh, 
I think a JEA played a big role in this, whatever that whole thing happened last year. Uh, so we still haven't seen anything. Does the lot J and the rendering still get you excited? Are you do you pause and say, yeah, whatever? I mean, we've heard this before. What's your view of what Shad Khan and the city are trying to do downtown? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's awesome. Obviously, downtown needs to be built up. When people come out of town, I tell them, hey, hit up Jack's Beach. I mean, you can go to Riverside. But, like, downtown, downtown, um, there's not much going on. And I think downtown should be the heartbeat, the lifeblood of any major city, um, including Jacksonville. So, obviously, I'm exciting for it. I'm excited for it. But with that being said, though, let's be honest. I've heard these conversations now. It seems like the past four or five years. I've heard these conversations like the first time I got to Jacksonville. I feel like, all right, Lot J's getting built up pretty soon. Uh, you know, so until I see excavators in the ground, until I see dump trucks with dirt in the back of them, I'm not talking about dump trucks on a, a rendering of a drawing or a computer screen. I mean, like me standing there, you know, with a gold shovel watching excavators go to work until that happens. My excitement's going to be very low. I, if you've listened to me on uh, radio or social media or wherever, I've been excited about this, this, the thought process of this for a long time. I understand the frustration and the angst at times of nothing being done, but I did see the freeway come down. And to me, that was a, a significant step of, of what's about to come and potentially about to come. I'll also say this. If you're frustrated by the fact that, yeah, shovel still hasn't been in the ground and we've been talking about it for years, at least it's still being discussed and it hasn't been tabled. Like, yeah. if that's your frustration point, because no talk about it would table it for years and years to come. Now, there's a part of people that say, hey, we don't need this right now. We have a lot of other issues. And I respect that. I am not in the weeds on the, the politics and what needs to be done with sewers and everything else downtown. I will just say from my experiences, I lived in a place in, in East Providence, Rhode Island, right next door to Providence, Rhode Island, that I saw change overnight when I went to college. Like, it was a crappy place mm -hmm. it was a bad downtown had a lot of problems i came back from college they had built that sucker up and if you have family friends whatever that go to providence i guarantee you they say man it's awesome to go to providence sure. it's great to eat there it's great to, it's a it's a fun city it's a cool looking city yeah. the things they did and that's like a prideful thing for me heck i don't go back there very often but at least now i like hearing people say that yeah. about a city that be honest with you when i was a kid i never went like our parents didn't take us there we didn't go there was no reason to go. I also saw Foxborough. And a lot of people say, well, that's because the Patriots were good. No, it's not. It, it collided, and it was a good thing that it collided, and it made both even better. Mm -hmm. And so that would be perfect if the Jags would get good when this thing starts getting built. So that would be great. But the only thing worse than a bad, bad NFL franchise right now and the way it's been is a bad NFL franchise <laughs> in a bad downtown. Yeah. So yeah. you can at least start building the downtown up and and pray that the football team gets better. So there's a uh, listen. I try to simplify this thing yeah. in a big time way, and I understand that that there there are deeper problems and and more conversations. I'm just a sports guy, but I've seen it in my hometown, and I've seen it with that franchise in New England that. It can work. And by the way, I'm not even mentioning places like Atlanta and St. Louis and Baltimore and all these other places. So I'm a big I've been a big believer in at least something happening downtown yeah. to at least make it a better downtown. I don't know what the something is. I don't know how it's going to work, if it's going to work. But I know the one that sat there kind of sitting there for the last five decades yeah. doing not much yeah. hasn't helped anybody out. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's a great point where if you build downtown, the team starts doing good, then you got something special there. And if the team doesn't start doing good, 
at least we'll have a Dave and Buster's down there to go check out some video games. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. There. I'm excited. Yeah, you can go drink there. Yeah, but listen, Jacksonville, to, it's my home now, right? Yeah. That's where our kids are. It's my it, home, too. This like, you would fire me tomorrow, Cox Media Group, and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Right? It's that place. And I, the beaches are great, right? I live down St. John's County. It's great. You can run over to the town center. It's great. Sure. We've got good universities here. We've got north of the airport now. Around there is good. Yeah, yeah. The only thing left to really get better yep. in terms of infrastructure and things to do is downtown. Correct. And so if something happens there, I'm all for it, man. I'm kind of like, I don't care how it gets done. You guys can sit there and complain and get mad about it and whose money's what. I just want to see it done. Like I've always said, I joke, the mayor in my hometown went to jail. Yeah. But I don't care because it got done. <laughs> and my hometown's better. Uh, <laughs> is that like the Sorry, slogan? Mayor Curry, I'm not hey, hoping hey, you go to jail. Hey, but. Is, that, is that the slogan when you were talking to the city? Yeah, I may went to jail, but who cares? It got done. To me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, Houston, Texas Twitter, man. Thanks for the memories. New York Jets Twitter. I'll see you guys very, very soon. All right, 7 o'clock, CBS 47. It's the Chiefs. And the Patriots tonight, a little extra football for you. We'll be back at it tomorrow on ESPN 690. Live, local, loud coming up. 7 o'clock Florida State uh, coaches show. And then we'll join the Rays and Yankees in progress. Go Tampa!